0: You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast, language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show.
1: somewhat on track you know because honestly you know editing the smaller episodes is so much nicer
2: yeah oh speaking of the war games one yeah your intro was a little long on that one too
1: creed Um, tangents
2: creed might be able to take my my place as the king of tangents
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i was trying to remember why i decided to leave that one in
2: it was Um, like a good it was like a good 10 minutes
1: yeah, no, I remember that. I was just trying to remember if there was some... Oh, was because we were going on about comic books. I thought it mm-hmm. was an interesting conversation. Mm. But you're right. Yeah, i have got to watch that. Uh, clock. There we go, 20 minutes. Let me turn it up so I can hear it.
0: This is 70-something Podcast. Evil Knievel sold separately or with the Evil Knievel stunt cycle from Ideal. Use the false loop.
1: this is Bonsai Retro Club. I am Dave. Online, I have got Scott. Hello. And, dear listener, what we are going to be doing tonight is we are going to be revisiting the 1970s, one of our favorite decades. And uh, this is us going to be just randomly picking a movie that we want to talk about that we didn't necessarily focus on in the past. Uh, And just share our thoughts and, uh, you know, our uh, memories of... The movie Uh, and this actually has a tie the movie that I'm going to bring it up actually has a tie to the movie that I discussed in the 1980s because it starred one of the same actors Uh, so uh, when I post the 1980s one you'll be able to see the connection but the actor I'm thinking about or I'm talking about is a uh, a, a curly-haired young man named Christopher Makepeace uh, but back in the very, very late 1970s, 1979, he was visiting a place called Camp North Star. Uh, so, of course, I'm talking about the iconic Meatballs with the ever-popular Bill Murray.
2: You saw what he did to Saturday night. Now watch Bill Murray demolish summer.
0: Come! See, three hundred kids from the city escape to the woods for a summer of wholesome fun in the sun. I'm the program director, Jerry Aldini. Is that a bra you're wearing, or are you expecting an assassination attempt? And well, I have what doctor's call? Very active glands.
1: Tripper, is there something seriously
0: <laughs> wrong? Oh, really? Meet the head counselor who knows the facts
2: of life, but forgot them.
0: And what's going on here? So this year each camper will stalk and kill his own bear in our private wildlife preserve. Stand. Stand. These are the camp rules. Murray would like you all to we'll take a look at these. We'll see it here if you want to check these out a little bit later. That's <laughs> a Okay. Yeah, for now. But if you don't win, we cut it off. But more important than the score of this game is to score at the big social at our place tonight. Oh. It's not how you play the game, <laughs> but how you win that counts. The game. The game. I'm talking to you, you'll we'll be exceptionally around. excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week. You'll be cheering for Bill Murray this summer in Meatballs.
1: Uh, and I think in today's uh, situation that we have going on, we need a lot more comedy in the world, so that's why I decided to pick this movie, because we had a very, very iconic speech by Bill Murray, and a lot of his movies uh, have always had that. He's always had a great monologue where he had to deliver the speech. You know, those remember Stripes, where you're thinking about where he... Um, you know, he's talking about you know they're all mutts, you know they're all mutants because they joined the United States Army. In Ghostbusters, he's given a speech at in the mayor's office. So every you know Scrooge, he had a big speech at the end where he's talking about you know he's he's able to receive gifts and he's ready for it because he's been giving, you know he gives back now and so he's he's grown and he, you know he helps people. But what Meatballs brought us, which is one of the most uh, early versions of the Bill Murray monologue speech, is the iconic, it just doesn't matter. Um, absolutely love this movie. I know, Scott, you've geeked out about me uh, out with me about this movie before, so it's something that I know both of us love.
2: Yeah, it's one that we touched base on a long time ago. I think it was when we were doing a uh... – it might have been from 80s reboot when we were doing a Bill Murray icon.
1: I believe be so. In? Yep. exactly. I think that was when we yep. touched on
2: it. So we only we briefly touched on it right. um, and talked about a bunch of his other movies around, the, you know, within the 70s and 80s. Even though that one fell into the 70s, we kind of took it into the 80s because it was right on the cusp there. And um, we always went back a little bit further on the icons anyway to kind of give us. An idea of where they, you know, where they were starting before they got into the '80s. Anyway, to get back to this, to this movie, it's a great movie. It's one of my favorites uh, from back then, definitely. Um, you got a great. It's it's just a it's a fun concept, and I think uh, Suzanne probably probably likes this movie quite a bit too, considering she was a camp counselor and all that stuff. <laughs> Uh,
1: I'm sure her camp, camp experience wasn't quite like this, though. Right. <laughs> um, or maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah. So
2: besides Bill Murray and Chris Makepeace, most of the cast is kind of unknown, uh, to my knowledge. Um, I really don't recognize too many of the names as far as like going on to do other things. I, I do remember quite a bit of the movie itself, and we can kind of talk about certain uh, certain characters or certain scenes that might stand out for us,
1: if you want. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, for the uninitiated, those that may not be familiar with the movie, you've got to stop whatever the hell you're doing right now and go see it. But besides that, um, what happens in the premises movie is you've got Bill Murray, who's the lead camp counselor, uh, and he is kind of in charge of just a misfit group of counselors and he you know there's a lot of hijinks that he he doesn't necessarily follow the rules the Camp North Star is not exactly the cream de la cream of uh, camps for kids to go to it's kind of your budget camp mm-hmm. uh, and you know so they just have a lot of just hijinks at the cost of the um, I guess Morty is like the camp. Does he own the camp? I don't know, but he's like the overall in charge of camp. Um, he's above. He'd be like the the main administrator or something. Right, right. He's he's the big mm-hmm. boss. And yeah. so they at every turn of the movie, they're always doing something to either play a joke on Morty or, you know, kind of like have fun at his expense. Um, you know, and uh, so the you know, the premise of it is just that they have a, uh, this young boy who's Chris make character and he's Rudy uh, the rabbit, Rudy, the webbit. And, um, <laughs> he, uh, Rudy is kind of, you know, his first time there and he's not, you know, fitting in. And so tripper who's Bill Murray, he takes him under his wing and kind of shows him the ropes and gets him kind of acclimated into camp life. And, Um, You know, just really kind of the the story evolves uh, over the course of this whole summer. Uh, And, you know, it's got a bunch of highlights for the hijinks that are going on, like I talked about. But at the background, you also have uh, Tripper uh, falling in love with the other lead counselor, who's uh, Roxanne. Um, And uh, she's played by Kate Lynch. Uh, and so there's kind of a, a love story that goes on there, but at the same time, him helping out and giving Rudy his confidence. So there's kind of a, a little deeper level of a story when you get past kind of just the overall, uh, you know, hijinks and sexual tension. Um, but you know the you know the the hijinks and the sexual tension is you know what made this young boy very excited about this movie. Um, you know, at any you know, at any given time, there is always some sort of reference to, you know, uh, you know, oh, she wants it, you know, and you know, there was, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, you know, they, they would get into the, uh, um, uh, the dance, and then they're like, okay, we want all the virgins on the left, non-virgins on the right, you know, and, and so there was, there was definitely a lot of You know sexual tones in this movie and you know for the young boy that I was of course that was just you know kind of taboo but at the same time absolutely loved it Uh, so this is a beloved movie of mine I've seen it multiple times Uh, always have a good time with it Um, you know from the beginning sequence I love the part where he is just getting out of bed and He's making his announcements, and then he ends with going to the bathroom, and you hear him, you know, uh, peeing. Uh, but you know, he's going through the struggle of getting up out of bed, and then he's got to play the national anthem, and it turns out to be some sort of bagpipe thing. Um, so it's just—it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun, and I love the jokes that they're always—they're always taking Morty's bed and putting it somewhere. And, uh, you know, he's waking up either as cars are coming or going or, you know, suspended in a tree or even at the end of the movie, he's in the middle of the lake, you know. And he's a deep sleeper. Yes. He's a very deep sleeper. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's just completely a lot of fun, you know. And, you know, in some ways I kind of related to the Rudy character because I was very much an introvert uh, at his age. Uh, so I would have got, you know, why I, if I was there, I wouldn't have fit in because I just wouldn't have, you know, made the attempt to try to socialize. And I wasn't big into sports. So I would have thought that I wasn't, you know, good enough to do whatever it was, you know, that they were expecting to do like soccer or something. Now, I'm not saying that I would have been able to run, you know, the, the race at the end, but still, I think, you know, I can definitely relate to this movie in you know, in several levels. Um, if you had to pick a favorite character, Scott, who would it be?
2: Oh gosh, um, I don't know. That, that's a really tough question because there's a lot of good supporting actors. You know, you, you want to go with the, of course, you want to go with the main two characters, uh, you know, uh, Rudy and Tripper. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I really liked the some of the side characters. Like I thought Spaz was funny. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> You know, he was, oh, he's such a, I mean, they took geek to the next level. In fact, it almost seems like the Revenge of the Nerds might have been based off of Spaz. similar, so yeah, yeah, like um, uh, Robert. Uh, Carradine. Carradine, thank you. Yeah. Uh, his character reminded me a lot of Spaz in some ways, however, he seemed a lot smarter. Spaz seemed kind of stupid sometimes. Yeah. Not like a smart nerd. Right. Like, just really kind of a geeky dumb nerd. Uh, but he was, he was funny, you know, he's, he's, tri- he's... when, uh, he and, what is it, Fink? Yeah. Well, uh, they were kind of sidekicks, you know, they, right. they, uh, and they were the ones that were crawling under the, uh, under the girls, the, the, um, the counts, the girls' counselor's cabin. Yes. When the girls were talking about, uh, I don't know.
1: They're reading a dirty novel. sex.
2: They are reading. Yeah. They're reading right. like a, a sexy book or whatever right. a romance novel. <laughs> and they're underneath the cabin. And, uh, I think it, I think spaz says to think, I think I'm getting a boner and mm. they start laughing or they're really quiet and they start making noise. And that's when the girls, the girls hear them underneath the cabin. They're like in the little crawl space underneath there. Right. And, and they're trying to get out, and Fink, he's a heavy guy. He's he's uh, quite large. Uh, Spaz is able to get out, but Fink can't get out, and he's stuck under the cabin with his legs sticking out from under the cabin. And the girls end up going they, – they go run outside and they catch him. Spaz takes off, and they grab the pants off of Fink. And um, then he uh, – or the, they – they take the next morning, they they show it, you know, he gets away or whatever. The next morning they show the pants flying on the flagpole.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that was really god awful pants too. The 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 striped pants, whatever they were. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, those two were very much laurel laurel and hardy ish. Uh they were kinda of laurel yeah, and hardyish. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, yeah. Um I'm sorry. Stand by one second. We got the foster dog wants to come in, but Okay. He's hesitant. He's very skittish, this one. He's he's very... He's uh, he's he's very he's frightened of the real world, and that's very sad.
1: Aww.
2: We've only had him for a week. He's standing outside the door like, what's going on in there? Because my dogs are in here. Sure. So,
1: he just come on. I wanted to see what's going on.
2: Yeah. I'm not going to stand up and try to get him in because Chrissy's trying to bring him in from the outside. If I stand up and try to bring him in, he'll... Like, turn around and run away. Right. Okay, close the door. Good job. He's in here. Okay. <laughs>
1: his name? Hi.
2: His name is PJ. PJ. Well, that's part of his racing name. Um, somebody gave him a call name. So some of these dogs, they get their call names. Sorry for the tangent. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these dogs get their call names from the trainers mm-hmm. on the track. And they're totally, they have, like, some of them have nothing to do with their racing name. So his call name is actually Droopy, (laughs) and he's kind of sad like Droopy. Like, do you remember the Droopy? I totally do. Cartoon dog? I'm so excited. I remember Droopy very well. (laughs) That makes me so happy. (laughs) I think that's what he sounded like, kind (laughs) of. No,
1: he did. No, you're right. You got it.
2: Um. So I just don't like the name Droopy, so we're calling him PJ. Kind of like PJ, it's you know, it's cool.
1: Yeah, PJ's cool. So.
2: Hmm? Um so anyway. So yeah, I just remember, you know, that they were those two together always were getting into some weird goofy little trouble. Yeah. Um you know, Spaz had the romantic interest in one of the other I don't know which which actress or which character was.
1: might what have been Jackie. It? I was thought it Jackie? was Wendy. I could be wrong.
2: Wendy. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't even see her. Like, she doesn't have a picture. IMDb picture right. or anything. Anyway, um, so they were fun. You know, it's crazy that Rudy's listed way down on the list of this IMDb page.
1: Yeah, I know. I was wondering why he's <laughs> not, like, higher up on the... Uh... Right.
2: He's, like, the main... It really, he was kind of the main character. Him and Bill Murray were really... Right. The... Main characters for
1: that. I wonder if Chris Maypeace pissed somebody off at IMDb or something. Who knows? Hmm. Um, I guess so if, anyway. I, if I had to pick a, a favorite character, you know, a supporting mm-hmm. character, um, I always like hardware. Um,
2: hardware, yeah.
1: Yeah, hardware. And so the sequence that I you know remember the most is where he's, um, you know, it's, they stole an air conditioner from Morty. Uh, and so he's going to. You know, he's, he's rigging an outlet in the uh, – in their cabin, in the guy's cabin the, uh, where all the counselors are uh, staying because he's mm-hmm. trying to, uh, you know, hook it up so that he'd be able to put the air conditioner in there without anybody knowing. And, you know, there's – you know he finally gets it all wired up. He's about to throw the switch, you know, and everybody's like all excited and he does this big dramatic three, two – one and then all the lights go down for the whole camp you know and <laughs> you know and then you hear it in the dark you know it, i think it's crockett where he says hey hardware he goes yeah crockett you're a dick <laughs> <laughs> so it was yeah. just i i you know I, I i love the sequences there and you know probably even more fun aspect is when they start to realize that, you know, they, they're always getting beat up by the Mohawk uh, camp Mohawk. Mm -hmm. And so after the very motivational or unmotivational speech, depends on how you want to look at it uh, from tripper, you know, they decide that they're going to start getting even. So you see them, you know, uh, on their competition, you know, start to really cheat you know, at you know, as much as the Mohawks are, they're really you know playing the same game as the Mohawks because the Mohawks have been treat, uh, cheating all along. So they're like, you yeah, know, this is it. Let's just play them at their game and uh, kind of sunk to their level. But you know the you know that's when you get the 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 music montage going on. You know you have you know everybody starting to really jive and you know they're able to even up the score or whatever it is and you know that leads you into the final sequence where you know they need a runner you know they need somebody to compete against their long distance runner for Mohawk and because Rudy was running with Tripper it was yeah, just they like, set that up yeah. they
2: set that up early in the movie that he was right. running right. with Tripper like he went out and followed him one morning right. and and uh, Tripper let him catch up with him or whatever and they start running together right so yeah, it's such it, it was setting up the stage for the uh, the final sequence where Rudy was going to be the the uh, the hero.
1: Yeah, the camp hero, because uh, mm-hmm. you know he was able to, you know, even though he's getting all this advice from Tripper about you've got to stay low, you've got to stay right behind him, but then once you get into the woods area, then you know you're you're jumping between the bushes and you know dodging the uh the, the tree limbs and all that stuff and this other guy he's not going to be able to compete with that and then you'll be able to get like a huge lead at the end and then you know you're you know then you'll win but you know that didn't go that way uh and that was really just a very aggressive you know even running match but rudy still pulled it out
2: Yeah. Um, and it was the, it was like the winning. So this was the competition between the two camps. Right. It was at, way after the ba- basketball game. That was like the setup for the whole competition thing. Right. Um, which was fun too. The basketball game was kind of cool. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. We're gonna beat him anyway. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, there was wait. There's one other line that just came to me that I remember from earlier in the movie. Not totally off subject of from the uh, competition. Yeah. But during the announcements, like the, the, the PA announcements that they would do. Yeah. Uh, just over to the general camp. I remember one line that I always, I, I refer to occasionally in my own head. Sometimes, sometimes I'll say it out loud and nobody gets it. Um, <laughs> unless they really know meatballs. Um, uh, today's, today's answer to the, uh, what was for lunch? Some kind of meat.
1: I think it was some kind of beef.
2: Some kind of beef, yeah. yeah. Some kind of beef. So I always, I that's just always one of my favorite lines. It's funny <laughs> stuff. Uh, anyway, go back to the competition. So they had all these different competitions that right. they had, and they were kind of silly competitions. Like uh, Spaz had to carry cups, cups. Yeah, had to stack cups, stacked, stacked cups, right? And get them, you know, and beat the other team to get there to. To win the points so they had built up points it's kind of like the olympics right between the two camps camp mohawk and camp um north star north star and so rudy's winning of the running thing was like the last final points that would determine which team won because they were like tied up at the end or right. really close or something like that right, right. so if, if rudy wins this race they win the whole thing right and and that's what ends up happening oh Look at that. That was fast. <laughs> so anyway, Rudy ends up being the hero. Tripper now we, we totally left out one sec section of the of the movie, which is always one of my favorite parts also, is uh the counselor's night away. Oh yeah. Yeah. When they all hop in their canoes and they all yeah. go to the island and then Tripper tells the story of the uh the one you know, the hooked Arm man. Yes, I love that <laughs> the story. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and he even he even goes as far as to have a like a hook on his hand when he you know pulls this arm out <laughs> and there's in his sleeve he's got a hook on there, look like a hay hook or something that that he had on there. Uh, always a fun fun little scene. Yeah. So it's
0: a weird moon. Moon kills you know. <laughs> it feeds off the earth. On a night like this, one of us could get up in the middle of the night, grab an axe, and cut somebody's head off. <laughs> I remember a night like this a few years ago. A guy and a girl went out driving. It was one of their first dates. Started out kind of casual, but they ended up deciding to go park. Not too far from here, as a matter of fact. While well, they're going at it, listening to the radio. All of a sudden, a news bulletin broke in. A dangerous lunatic has escaped. ...from the Hospital for the Criminally Insane at Two Pines. Oh, come on, (laughs) Tripp. They described him as a monster, six and a half feet tall, 260 pounds... ...with one horrible distinguishing feature... ...a sharpened stainless steel hook... (laughs) ...where his right hand used to be. That was enough for the guy. He slammed the car into gear, floored it, bounced off a tree, didn't stop till they got to the girl's house, got out of his side, walked around to hers. There, hanging in the door, covered with blood, was a stainless steel hook. Oh! The strangest part is that after all these years, after the biggest manhunt in Two Pines history, they never found the killer. Some people say he's still up here in the woods waiting for the chance to kill again. And I say... I say they're right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my dinner! This is not a bullshit story. Uh. No, you guys, it's true. I heard it before. Yeah. I heard it was on a beach. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I heard it happen in a park. Oh, I heard it, but the guy was missing a foot. <laughs> oh, how could the guy have a hook on
2: his foot?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's so much about this movie that I love, and I, it's definitely a part of my youth. Uh, I I did go to camp. I did not go to overnight camps, though. We went to day camp. Okay. Uh for a brief time, maybe when I was like in five, probably fourth or fifth grade. So we'd just do little day trips or whatever.
1: Yeah. I had, I had one experience with like a day camp, uh, nothing overnight. Um, but you know, mine was like specific, like there was a computer camp thing that I did. Hmm. So, um, you know, we got to spend a few hours, you know, during the summer, you know, either it's like programming or learning about computers or something like that. Something mm. very nerdy, like, <laughs> um, like how to hack into the Whopper. Yeah, and,
2: exactly. Yeah, and, it, it, and, it, it, and use Joshua as your uh, yeah. password.
1: Yeah, we, we we learned about global thermonuclear war and uh, Devcon status and all that kind of good stuff. Well, yeah,
2: little tech tech toe.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We well, just have it play itself. Um. All right. Uh. So let me think. Is there anything else about this movie that we got to highlight? Um. There's just a lot. There's a lot in this movie, a lot of fun sequences, Um, even way back near the beginning of the movie or at the beginning of the movie is when they're loading the kids up into the buses and then you've got this uh, guy that's giving this – or trying to get an interview for somebody that – over Mohawk and then you know Tripper comes in and just acts like he's part of Mohawk (laughs) and he starts coming up with a whole bunch of like just – B.S. about the, uh, uh, you know, what they do for the camp schedule.
0: You know, oh, yeah, the they bring in all the that hookers,
1: yeah. and each counselor has two hundred dollars and a thermos of coffee, and you have to, <laughs> you know, try to visit as many countries as you can in one night or something, and yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, it is completely fun. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, is there any? Parting thoughts you have on Meatballs?
2: Um, don't ever bother seeing the second one. Oh, no. No, no, no. Stop
1: at this one. <laughs> <laughs> they threw an alien in there, and that, yeah. it was just weird. <laughs> yeah, it was very Mac and me, as what that was. It, it
2: was. it was bad, too. I remember, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I made it through the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad uh, one. I don't remember when it came out either. Now, I got to ask you. So this came out in 79. Yeah. But you were you were born in what, 72, 70, 72? '72.
1: 1970?
2: Yes. So you were nine. Okay. So you saw this actually when it was like popular, not like in the 80s? I
1: No, I have a feeling it would have been probably like when it came into like HBO or Cinemax because okay. we had those right. channels. So yeah. that might have been my first viewing of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which would have been very much in the 80s.
2: Yeah, well, you know, that's a lot of my experience, too. You know, I didn't see a lot of the movies that I saw at the theaters. I saw some, you know, there's quite a few that we went to theaters for. But most of my stuff came later on after it had been released, either uh, through HBO or, you know, whatever we had. On TV, actually, was one that we had for a little while. And then I don't even know if you knew about On TV. Have you heard of it? No. No. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was like right when HBO started, but it was like its own network. Okay. And you just, you just had a switch that you connected to your TV and it was either on or off. And so it was called on TV. <laughs> okay. And they had a, they had a bunch of movies. Um, it was very similar to HBO, same, I, you know, Showtime, whatever, I, any of those movie, movie channels. Um, uh, but yeah, I caught a lot of them. Off of there, or when VHS tapes became, you know, very popular.
1: You know know what movie I did see at the movie theater that I was way too young to see? Mm. Porkies. (laughs) Oh, really? My Mm. sister somehow had conned my mom into letting her go to this movie, and she was about two years, almost three years older than me. Um, And. The, uh, the deal was a lot of times when she was out doing stuff like that, she had to bring a kid brother. And um, I don't think my mom had any concept as to what Porky's was about
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: somehow said yes to this. Uh, so 1981 is when that was released. So I was all of, you know, probably 10, you know, when I right. saw that. Should not have been seeing that movie. <laughs> yeah, I got one for you. Okay.
2: I saw this at the theater. And I was, I was twelve. Let's see, July of nineteen eighty. Yeah, I would be twelve. Um, the Blue Lagoon.
1: Okay, all right.
2: Probably not appropriate for a twelve-year-old.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, the the one. I'm trying to think. There, there, there is some taboo stuff that happens in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Would. I think it's mostly innocent for the most part. Mm. Well, I guess there's some tones there. Yeah, there's quite a few tones. Yeah, because yeah, she she gets her period. Then there's the uh, she uh, caught him jerking it. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Then, yeah. You know, yeah. And then, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. Then
2: they end up having sex and getting yeah. pregnant. So right, right, right. It was.
1: Yeah, a okay. Edgy for, yeah, for
2: a twelve-year-old, is probably not
1: the best. Yeah, you probably make the same so. argument for Little Darlings too. Um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, we're way off tangent. <laughs> but it goes along the same lines as you know when you should see these movies. I guess you know age-appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meatballs, I think, you know, is one that you need to be a little bit more mature if you're watching it. Um, you know. Maybe not that mature because the content is funny, um, but still, you know. And the hijinks—there's a lot of sexual hijinks that go on uh, in this movie.
2: But it's very undertone. Like it's, yeah. it's it's not like there's no, um, there's no, no nudity, no booby shots or anything like that that I can remember. Right. Um, the closest I think they came to that was the the scene that i was describing when they were talking about they were telling the you know reading the romance novel and right. one of them had no pants on but she had underwear on so it's right. you know whatever but for a 12 year old <laughs> that was enough <laughs> exactly that was enough uh, exactly um <laughs> so so the blue lagoon was rated r just fyi okay and and uh meatballs was only rated pg now this was before they had pg Thirteen, Thirteen, right? There. And then Porky's was really, I think it was R. Yeah, it was a Porky's R. had to be R. Yeah. yeah, Porky's was R. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's gratuitous booby shots in that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, all right. Well, that's uh, meatballs. That meatballs.
1: is meatballs.
0: Meatballs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I you singing that reminds me of the. Uh, uh, when they're all getting uh, you know, uh, lunch or dinner or whatever it is that they're having, you know, at the the mess tent, if you will, whatever mm-hmm. they called it, um, you know, and then you know everybody had to touch their nose so they don't have to stack trays, and then they had the girl that you know gossip, gossip, mm-hmm. we want gossip. Um, so yeah, I remember that pretty well. Uh, but. To keep us uh, on track, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. So this is the part where I'm going to remind everybody that we have a website out there. That's bonsairetroclub.com. Please go visit that. Uh, on there, you're going to see our list of our episodes that we've done. You're going to see a link over to uh, a Team Bonsai page. Uh, on that Team Bonsai page, you can check out all our social media stuff. Uh, so please do check us out on all of that. Follow us along. Send us a contact uh, email, and that's uh, McFly at bonsairetroclub dot com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have thoughts about meatballs or even another seventies movies that you'd like us to talk about. We'd like to hear your feedback. Uh, if you're on Podbean and you're one of our followers, we do appreciate you more than so much. Uh, well, actually, we really like all our listeners, but getting you know more than a thousand followers on Podbean is just absolutely amazing and great so we appreciate every one of you that hits that little follow button uh for everybody that's on any of the other uh podcasting platforms that are listening to us you know if there's a way to give us a rating reviewing or even if you're just going out and telling your friends about us we appreciate it so with all that being said i'd like to remind everybody please be excellent to each other and have a good whatever bye-bye take care This has been a Banzai Retro Club production.
0: Banzai Danielson! Hey Banzai! 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 Camp Master, senior staff, counselors, counselors in training, please rise before our national anthem. that anthem, huh? Gee, I don't know about you, but I just get a great big lump in my throat every time I hear it. Well, it's uh, 7.05 in the uh, a.m., and it's, a uh, wow, 43 degrees on the old Camp North Star weather dial, and that is kind of nippy for a June 25, isn't it? Whew. I'm Trooper Harrison. Ah! 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 I'm your head counselor, and this is my wake-up show. I'll be coming at you every morning about this time, hoping to make your summer camp experience the best available in this price range. Of course, across the lake, over at Camp Mohawk, uh, they won't be getting up for another hour or so. When they do, they'll be awakened by servants bearing croissants and cafe au lait. Oops, hope I didn't hit anybody. But over here at Camp North Stark, this morning, we're going to be having a delicious gruel breakfast. And don't forget to ask for seconds, because it's all the gruel you can eat. Are you ready for the show?